Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. I'm Christoph. <laughs> well, welcome, Christoph. You're new to the show, ain't you? <laughs> yes, I am. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. Enjoy your time here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. All right. So before we jump into things here, uh, welcome back to another fun-filled week of gaming, art, feels, all of that good stuff. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug, Sir Christoph? Um, uh, honestly, I've just been busy with work and playing games. I'm honestly just playing through Grandia still. And, you know, I got to say, this game feels so different from a normal RPG, even though, I mean, it's got all the same tropes, but being an adventurer, like exploring this like new part of the world that not many people have gone to, it's, it's weird. Like I'm feeling this like childlike excitement through this game. It's really weird, but I'm, I'm fucking loving it. And yeah, I don't know how I slept on this game for so long, but it's, it's surprising me. It's I'm having so much fun with it that I'm actually ignoring a lot of things that I should be doing. But um, <laughs> yeah, aside from that, nothing really. I've just been trying to keep up with like E3 and Game Fest and mm -hmm. what might come out and stuff like that. It's I don't know. I think this E3 Game Fest is going to be more interesting than last year. So I'm kind of I'm excited. A lot of things are going everywhere. Yeah, it can be a fun one. That's for sure. The, yeah. the big time of the year, right? It's what everyone's waiting for. Exactly, the fun time. Yeah. What about you? What you got? Uh, I mean, yeah, surprisingly, this week, it hasn't really been very eventful as far as, like, gaming or things like that. Uh, one big update, though, uh, as of right now, today, we have updated our Patreon page for you guys. Uh, Ooh, yeah. So if you really enjoy what you're hearing and you want to help support us further so that we can continue to make content for you and even make more content that we have lined up, but we just don't have the time to do it yet, please head on over to our Patreon page, show some love, show some support, and there's some little special things in there that we added in. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but I do want to say thank you and show some love out there to all the content creators out there, all the YouTubers, the Twitch streamers, all you guys for all of the work that you guys are putting into making some amazing gameplay footage for us because for people like me who, you know, I work full time, it's hard to get in and play a game sometimes. So thank you for just going through every title that I find interesting and giving me a little insight on what that game is and making me feel like I've actually played it. <laughs> All right, so here we go. We're jumping into today's episode. And today we are continuing on with this kind of trend that we're going on this month. And we are going to be taking a deeper look at gaming culture as a whole and kind of seeing where it's come from and where it's going to. It might even speculate into the future of the future Ooh. of gaming itself. And yeah, I mean, gaming culture has changed so much over the, the short period of time that it's been around. Like we have to really remember that this art form hasn't been around that long. It's only been really strong for what, like 30, 40 years, right? Like as far as like yeah. mainstream gaming goes. And that's not a very long time for something to evolve 
as much as it has. But since it is tied into technology, it's no surprise that what we've seen now compared to what we had in the past is just insane. And it's so much fun to look back at how things were, how things were marketed, what kind of games people are playing to what people are doing nowadays. So what's your take on the evolution of gaming culture? What's some sort of highlight that you really enjoyed throughout the time? Or yeah, just what's your general thoughts? I think for me, it's really interesting how accepting um, playing games is nowadays. I mean, growing up, I remember... Maybe because I hung around people that like because I I would go to Pokemon like card games every weekend right that's how I kind of made my friends back then they obviously all played games so it was easy to find people like minded but anytime I stepped out of that and tried to talk to people people would look at me weird because I played games or they'd think I'm like a basement dweller or something like that or like oh you just you don't go outside you just play games like what that's weird what's wrong with you you know and for me like I don't know, even in high school, like I remember right around like sophomore year, somewhere like around there, like World of Warcraft got big. And I remember like a lot of people were getting into it in my school and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. There's all these people that play games. I thought not many other people played them, you know? Right. And it was cool meeting people that had the same interests as I did because, I mean, you didn't have Reddit. You didn't have a lot of big places to go to talk to people about games. You know, you had GameFAQs and you had a few other websites, but it it's not like you can go and meet up with like a gamer group or nothing like that. And I think it's interesting all the tools and communities that are out there now to meet people like-minded. And it's like, you know, people don't make fun of you for playing games anymore. I mean, yeah, you might get that one guy that like, makes fun of you but i mean nowadays almost anybody has at least played one game or plays something you know even if they play madden i mean they're still playing a game right yeah i i think that's the amazing part about it too is the fact that how much more like you said much more accepting gaming has now become where even like we have a whole like subset of gamers now like casual gamers, right? Like for mm-hmm. things like Candy Crush or whatnot. Like everybody has a game that they have played and enjoyed. And it's just nuts that we have so many different genres, so many different types of things out there for just about everybody in every situation. And it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I think that one of the biggest things that surprises me is like it's gone from such a like single player mentality. This is your story. You know, like you're playing at an arcade cabinet by yourself or right. Like games were originally for like your personal entertainment. And now they've expanded into such a wider audience where they're getting communities involved while playing. And just like, I mean, even look at um, that one uh, series when like uh, Twitch played Pokemon. Right. Mm-hmm. Where like that was crazy. It's an entire community playing this single player game. And it, it's it's weird to like think about, but it worked. And it was really fun to watch that and really exciting to see what people kind of decided. Of course, some of it was for the goofs. But, you know, why not have some fun while you're doing these kind of things? Right. Mm-hmm. So it, 
that's what really fascinates me. And, you know, like I remember going to my uncle's house uh, when I was younger. This is the uncle from my mother's side. And he would have like multiple computers set up in his basement to play like Quake. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd have like LAN parties and all that stuff. And it felt like something that you would hide, like that it was in a basement. Right. Like it felt like something that wouldn't be a part of like the main family stay. Right. But now it would be weird to not see a gaming console in the living room or like having a session of like playing games with your family. I know that whenever we get together with my family, we would play Mario Kart all the time or Smash Brothers or something like that and, you know, pass the controller along. And it became more of like a social event between the entire family rather than just a single player, like just you alone doing your thing. And it's fun to see where that's that's going. And it's just it seems like it's continuing to grow along that that road. Yeah, I mean. Going by what you said, you know, you think about, like, I watch a lot of, like, retro stuff. So, like, a lot of, like, retronauts and all that. And, like, looking back, thinking about, you know, the 80s, right? Like, Atari just came out. It was the new thing. And you have to think, like, back then, the console's main focus was, can we bring these games from arcades home? And, of course, families said yes, because it saves them money on quarters, all that kind of stuff. 90s hit, you have... Nintendo, the Genesis, and people are getting these consoles because now they can really play together as like a family, you know? I mean, obviously the Famicom, family computer, Mm -hmm. it makes sense because families can get together and have fun. Then we hit, you know, the, the start of the modern era with the PS2, Xbox, where, you know, it has DVD functionality with it. So now it is not only a game console, it's a DVD player. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when it really started pulling in, even though you may not think it, it pulled in all these people that don't really play games because people were buying these things because they were cheaper than a Blu-ray player. Yeah, that's nuts to think about. And I think that's really what started bringing non-gamers into it we're having these multimedia centers and then once you know you get your more modern stuff where it's has netflix all that a lot of people still don't have smart tvs so they use these consoles for you know their streaming services i mean some people probably use it for the browser because they don't have a computer i mean bless their soul for using a controller instead of a mouse to browse the internet but you do whatever works right exactly and i think that really helped first bridge that gap of people coming in and i think along with that you do see the evolution in games where it's more broad and more cinematic as time goes on We don't see these 80-hour games like we did like on the PlayStation era anymore. Like most games now are, unless it's like an RPG centered to that, most games are like under 20 hours for the most part. So people busy can play games. Yeah, that's true. They're a lot more uh, simpler in nature at least. And it's funny that you mentioned too, like with the Blu-ray player stuff, I mean like my, my fiance, she isn't really a gamer. She only had like, one game whenever I met her and it was Uncharted, but mm-hmm. she had a PS3. 
And she used it for exactly what you said. She used it to watch Netflix, to watch Blu-rays. You know, she, it was her. Mm-hmm. It was her media center. It wasn't a gaming like console, right? Yeah. And it it's exactly what you said. It was accessibility. It was so much cheaper than just buying a Blu-ray player. And even whenever Blu-ray pa- players became around the same price, you still got way more bang for your buck buying a gaming console because not. Like you can do way more with it. You can search the internet. You can play games if you actually wanted to, or if you had like a family member or like, or whenever her uh, nieces and nephews would hang out, she would let them play games on it right there. Right. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was, you had more options that way. So it just made much more sense and it got more and more people involved with playing games and not just playing games, but watching them being played as well. Right. Like, I, I remember, actually, it was pretty funny. I was playing God of War 3, I think, at one point, and, huh. and my stepmom was sitting on the couch, and she's watching me play this game, and, like, I'm just going through, and she's watching all the cutscenes, and just, you know, she was there for probably, like, an hour, honestly. And then, out of nowhere, she turns to me, and she goes, hey, what movie is this? <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> and I paused the game, and she's like, wait, you're playing a game? I was like, yeah. She's like, holy shit. Like, I thought you were just watching some crazy ass movie because of how cinematic it was. Like, because, you know, those cutscenes were insane and they did a good oh, thing yeah. with like integrating the active time press or active time buttons mm-hmm. into the actual battle system. So it didn't take you away from the cinematography of the game. And right then and there, it just blew my mind that I was like, okay. Like, games are different now. Like, this is hugely, hugely different. Like, if she happened to sit down and was watching me play Mario, she would automatically know, like, oh, you're playing a game, right? Yeah. It wouldn't have been, like, she wouldn't have even thought that, like, oh, I'm going to watch this crazy movie about Greek, you know, mythology real quick, (laughs) which is what she thought she was doing, which is insane to think about. But it's it's super funny to, like, run into that instance, so... (laughs) I mean, you bring up a good point, like with the whole watching like another person play. And you have to think now that games are more cinematic, people are people's lives are busy. I mean, that's why YouTube Twitch got so big, because I mean, if the game's good and interesting, for the most part, people will just watch it because it seems like a movie, you know. And I mean, for the longest time, personally, I... I didn't like watching Let's Plays. I didn't, you know, I remember like when Twitch was just in TV and I would watch it just to like shits and giggles. But for me, I was a person, I'd rather play the game than watch someone else, you know. Mm-hmm. But as life got busy, I started realizing like, hey, it's actually kind of nice watching someone play these games where, you know, if I end up not liking a game, then what? I wasted all these hours playing it. I could just watch someone play a game while I play a game that I like and it's like two birds and one stone. Yeah. And I think with the whole streaming, it's, it's really changed the dynamic of games. Like a lot of people probably don't see it that way, but I mean, I feel like that is one half of the big reason why games are so movie like or cinematic. And I feel like the other half is to bring those non-gamers into that market. And, I mean, you look at Sony, and that's kind of their spiel. It's like, make games seem like a movie and bring in all these people. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. It's smart, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. I 100% agree. I mean, like, to this day, I've, like you mentioned, at first, I didn't really want to watch, like, long plays of games because I felt like, well, why am I not just playing the game, right? Yeah. But, and I started out watching just little simple Let's Plays, you know, like, little, like, goof arounds, like, with Achievement Hunter and all those guys. And I, I enjoyed watching those Let's Plays because they were, like, short little snippets of games. It wasn't, like, actually watching a full story unfold in front of me. And then now, like, I'm actually really into watching full, like, long plays of games. And it, to me, I mean, I feel like it's it helps me out more because, you know, being an adult is hard. I don't have all the time in the world to play these games. But I have time to, like, have it playing in the background or whatnot. And I feel like I'm getting the same experience out of it, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, recently, I, actually, just yesterday, I finished watching a full playthrough of Resident Evil The Village. Mm. And I really want to play that game. It looks fantastic. And eventually, I'll probably get to it. But just watching that game, I really, really enjoyed watching it. Like, I felt like I got the same experience as if I played it. I would even go so far as saying, like, it's a fantastic game, even though I've never picked up a controller to play this game. And yeah, sure, it's a different type of Resident Evil. There's some parts that are like super freaking goofy in it where it's like, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever, right? Like it still looks like it w was an enjoyable game. And it's not just because the the YouTuber I was watching enjoyed playing it. It was like, I actually enjoyed really watching it. And I was enthralled with just seeing all the little things of him like exploring every single house, making sure he got all the stuff because I would do that same exact thing. Like, I felt like I was right there doing all of it with him. And it was it was really great to watch that kind of stuff. I, I love it. And, like, I, I really want to shout out one of the uh, a YouTuber out there. His name's Wanderbot. And he makes amazing videos. And, you know, he does all of this stuff. And he really focuses on, like, indie game titles. And I think one of the fantastic things he does is, like, he brings life to the character's dialogue as well right and i think that's another big thing when we want to talk about like the evolution of gaming culture right like, is that all these like not just the games are evolving but the people playing the games are evolving too mm -hmm. right so like with him for instance he'll read all the dialogue for you like he'll go through and make sure that you know what the players are saying he gives the time to the dialogue that was written so you get the full story out of it, which I think is great. But not just that, like he actually voices the characters too and gives each character their own individual voice to make them more unique. And it's such a like tiny, like fantastic touch. But when you look at it, these Twitch streamers and the YouTubers are now voice actors as well. And mm. like, that's such a crazy thing. Like they're, they're not just, you know, like we mentioned uh, previously on a different episode was that they're not just these like uh, modern day celebrities that you can interact with. They're now voice actors. They're now, you know, reviewers. They're now uh, like curators. They're, they're all of this. There's so much more than just YouTube gamers and content creators. Yeah. And I think that's something that people really need to kind of keep in the back of their mind when watching these things to really show support to this because that is a full-time job 100% like they're editing videos they're you know making sure they're up to date with things they're keeping up with current events they're bringing like they're like increasing their own talents on voice acting they're doing all this stuff just to give you that much more enjoyment of 
not their just their videos, but the games as well. Like they're really allowing the games to shine through and they want you to feel like you're actually there sitting with them playing these games. And uh, one other cool thing I think he does when on par with like the voice acting and all that is um his wife, I believe that's his wife, um she actually joins him on the videos and not just the co-op ones, but the single player ones as well, where she'll bring a different side of it because she's very like lore focused. And then she also voices all the female characters with him so that you have an even more dynamic range of cast when watching these videos and just gives it that much more like pure enjoyment. So it's, it's really fun to see. And it's cool to see where like not just gaming, but YouTube like Let's Plays have gone too. Like they're evolving with the medium as well, which is nuts. Hey everybody, just jumping in real quick. Uh, you know, just want to say first of all, thank you for continuing listening and obviously you're enjoying it because you've reached the middle of our episode. Uh, but before we continue on, uh, we just wanted to remind you all that if you are truly enjoying what you're hearing and you want to learn some more about us, uh, you can find us on uh, social medias and we have links in our description and you can find me and all the drawings that I'm doing on Instagram at Kieran and that's K-E-U-R-A-N. What about you, Chris? Uh, you can find me at Sloppy Cube on Instagram. That's Sloppy and Cube at the end of it. <clears throat> I do all retro games or just games in general. So if that's your thing, check me out. You can also message me about ideas and anything because i love talking yep we both really enjoy talking obviously because we are recording a podcast so <laughs> if, if you want to join in the conversation please reach out to us on the discord and let's get right back into this episode <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, I I always enjoy when I see a let's player actually voice characters, but it is, you're right. It is funny when like it's one guy and he tries to voice like girls in games mm -hmm. because they can only do so many pitches, so it, it's kind of humorous. So that's cool, like that there's actually like a female voice to it, so it actually does make it more immersed. Yeah. Immersive, I guess that's 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 the yeah. word. Ugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's always something I enjoyed, like when people actually like you know show they care about it and do it. Like I, I think that was the main reason why I didn't get into those kind of videos because people would just glance over dialogue and then it's like, well, you're not playing for the story, you know? It's like it just feels like you're playing a game because it's a game. Right. You it feels know? like they're playing for the views because it's the new title out. And I mean, regretfully, that's a big problem. I mean, not problem, but it, it's a big thing, you know, people. And I mean, a lot of people who are streamers that do that, I mean, they don't really get big because people can read when someone is just doing it for the views, you know. But I was thinking, you know, the big explosion of like what made gaming big. And I know a lot of people hate it, but I was thinking about it last night over this subject. And Fortnite really did bring gaming everywhere in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. I don't like the game that I'm, I've played it. I, I don't care for battle royales in general. So, I mean, it doesn't appeal to me in that sense. 
but I do respect it in the sense that it's gotten so many people into it and interested in playing other games as well. You know, it's granted I don't have a kid, so I mean, I don't have a kid annoyingly playing it all day and spending all my money on V Bucks, (laughs) but it's, you know, you got to think about it's this generation's version of what we were excited about, like what, like Halo or. Mario 64 or, you know, just like World of Warcraft, Doom. It's, you know, that same hype. It's just different now because, I mean, we're so connected. So obviously it's going to blow out of proportion. So all these people mad about it. It's like, you know, it's no different than when we were younger. You know, probably people older than us were looking at us like, you're excited for that game? Like Pokemon, you know, like there's probably older people like, ugh. Why that yep. game? Like that game's so childish, you know? And I don't know. Instead of looking at it negatively, like it's not a game for me. So for me, I'm not gonna say it's a bad game. It's just it's not in my interest. And but I'm happy it's brought a lot of people into it, into gaming in general, which more of a crowd, the more ideas get thrown out there and the more interesting games are created. A hundred percent. And I think that's another big thing is that now that we have such a broad sense of games, it's really, you know, anybody can just play a game that seems remotely interesting to them. And it's a whole different world. It feels like you're watching a movie with every different game you put in. Yeah. It's it's just expanding the medium much further and it's getting it into the hands of many, many more people. Right. Like, I mean, even like Fortnite. Yeah. It expanded the mediums like astronomically. Right. And then yeah. now, like before that, if you look at Minecraft, Minecraft blew it up like Oh, yeah, crazy. Minecraft was the other. And not, it didn't just blow up gaming as a whole. It got children involved in like learning Java and programming and all that stuff too, which yep. is insane to think about. Like, can you, I can't think of another game before that that actually got kids to want to learn a trade. Right? Like that's yeah. nuts. That's something crazy to think about where... Like the the need and the desire to learn Java and computer programming has exploded so much that now it's actually a part of curriculum in schools, right? There's full classes devoted to it for young adults or even just children now, because like that's yeah. just it it it's obvious that that's the way of the future, right? And not just for children and everything like that. Like I mean. I'm grateful every day when I think about the fact that my degree, I have an accredited bachelor's degree in game design, right? Like, that's crazy to think about. Like, just a few years ago, I would have thought, like, that's, that's you know, that would never get accredited. There's no way, right? Like, that's such a niche thing. It, like, I have to go in and get, like, a engineering degree rather than something so specialized. But now they have that available to you where you can actually get degrees in specifically game art or game audio or game design, right? Like that's really nuts to see that that's that's a possibility now. And that's still very recent and still very new. And like we're even seeing a bunch of like, I love reading these things, but like seeing a bunch of books coming out where it's like the psychology of gaming, right? Like oh, the, yeah. that, that whole like series and subgenre of, of books coming out now are fascinating. Where, like, when they go through, like, the mythology of Zelda, right? Like, it's such cool concepts and really interesting stuff. Because if you think about, like, in these games, yeah, they're creating entire worlds. What's different than, you know, the Tolkien universe and all of the 
like the the different lineages and the gods and all that like being there opposed to you know like breaking down and looking at all the different gods and stuff like that in a video game that's created right they're still telling a story and making a story and making a world just in a different medium now yeah i mean it is art i mean when you think about it i mean maybe not the game i am mayo or something where you just click on a mayo jar for achievements but you know like games for the most part now are you know like, I mean, they're mostly looked at as art. And, I mean, I I see no problem with it. I mean, people put in years of work in some of these games. And, I mean, for the most part, it shows, usually. Yeah. And it's it's awesome. I It feels like, I mean, this is a pale comparison. But, you know, when you think about when, like, painting took off, you know, Enlightenment, well, before Enlightenment era, but... You know, it was it was crazy. And I mean, this is I feel like right now we're at the cusp of the the 3D revolution where it's we're seeing all these different things changing thanks to like ray tracing and higher FPS. And it's it's only going to get crazier. And now that they're making games more accessible to people with disabilities and they're making things more with virtual reality that actually have a use. It's, it's crazy. You know, it's gonna gaming in general will be incorporated in most people's lives without them either even knowing about mm-hmm. it or, you know, thanks to the early beginnings of gaming, people will be able to live different lives, you know? Yeah. I mean, the the concept of gamif- gamifying your life is so ingrained in our culture already, right? And it's, it's, I mean, we've done an entire episode on that, and that's how a lot of people attain goals or even how, like, uh, you get things done at, in a workplace, right? Like, you, you create these little tiny contests or competitions between each other to, you know, maybe, like, boost sales or boost morale in the workplace, and that's all based off of ideas that were founded in gaming, right? Like how like the ebb and flow of excitement happens like that's looked at now in different areas of like quality assurance and everything like that. And I I think there's one really, really big area that we haven't touched on yet in which you can definitely see the evolution of gaming culture. And I think it's funny that we haven't even brought it up yet. But what are we doing right now? Right. We're making a podcast about gaming and dissecting uh, the ideas that, you know, these previous game founders and all these titles are doing and like we're able to talk about it freely and put it out there for the masses who are also interested in these topics to listen to. So (laughs) the fact that we can have a radio show, basically, just geared, centered around gaming itself shows how much this art form has evolved and changed over the years. And just expanded into something that no one would have ever thought that it could have been. Right? Like that's it's crazy to think about. Yeah. It it really is. I mean, and like you said earlier, this medium hasn't been around that long either. You know, it's it's crazy how much it's exploded. Yeah, man. It's I'm I'm excited to see where it goes to in the future as well. Cause now like we're seeing so many more like different ideas coming out of games because they're expanding the medium even further than 
what we could possibly imagine. I mean, you mentioned it too, where it's like, you know, looking back at painting, right? And the whole idea of what is art that was mm-hmm. challenged at such like an early period of it. And like, we're seeing it now where like people are saying like, oh, what is a game? Like you mentioned, like, you know, I am Mayo, right? Like, is that even a game? Well, yes, it is, right? So you're starting to see a lot of people like, I mean, there's a famous artist um, from back in the day. His name was uh, Man Ray. And he was uh, like, he was one of the artists that really pushed the idea of what is art, right? And then also Mm -hmm. like uh, Marcel Duchamp as well. Like I've talked about him previously on the podcast too, but like he was also another person to really, really push that idea and take that question and go like to the fences with it, right? Where Mm -hmm. he even, like he put a urinal in a museum and said it's art, right? And all he did was lay it down on the floor and that was it, right? (laughs) Like, but it's considered a very, very strong art piece, not for the item itself, but for the content and the message that it brings. Because it's so yeah. true. It's, it's, you know, who's to say what art is, really? And who's to say what a game is, really? Like, sure, there's certain components to a game or an art piece that you kind of feel need to be there. But when someone breaks the mold and it still is enjoyable or still brings something or sparks an emotion, an idea, or whatever it may be, it still is that art form. It it, it pushes that boundary and it, it changes our own perspective on what things can be. Like we're no longer just running to the right of the screen and jumping on things' heads and trying to collect flags or say princesses anymore, Right. We're now like negotiating space treaties or, you know, going through and living someone's experience of coming out of the closet or, you know, like dealing with depression or mental disorders or just right. like there's so much more out there now that this medium has given us. And it's just amazing, amazing to see. And when those games were first coming out, like, sure there are some people who might not consider that a game, but it's just not their game, right? Like maybe they want more of the FPS shooters. They want more Halo. They want more like, you know, interaction like that. They want more grit, more excitement, more raw. But having games that help us deal with these emotions and look deeper into our own minds and kind of question who we are as a person or even put us in situations that we might not come across on our day-to-day lives so we can gain a better understanding of someone else's life is amazing. And it's, it's just as valid as a game as any other titles out there, right? Yeah. I mean, what you just said, I so after that episode we did about short games and how much you praised it, I played through Journey. Oh, you did? Oh, yay. <laughs> and I beat nice. it. I I was I kept meaning to bring this up, but I never really had a chance. But I I played it, and at first I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like it actually is a really big world, and you know, I actually ended up really enjoying it to the point where I found almost all the little, like, those little things you collect to make your scarf yeah. bigger. Like I think I ended up missing two the mm-hmm. whole time, and 
at first I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It doesn't really tell you anything. But as, as I paid more attention to it, I was like, wow, like this is really good. You know, it's, it, you can tell it was, in my opinion, the kind of beginning of these kind of artsy high, I don't want to say high IQ, but it's more of these like, let it breathe kind of games that I remember when this came out, nothing really existed like it before, or if it did, it didn't get the praise or attention that that game got. Cause I remember always hearing about this game, but I never got into it. Cause I'm like, Oh, it seems kind of boring. Even though I like these kind of games normally, it just seemed boring to me. But after playing it, I'm like, wow, this was really good. Like, not just like looking as an artsy game, but the way the environment reacts to you and how you interact with it. I was like really blown away thinking that, you know, this existed back on the PS3 era. Like it's, it's crazy, you know? And I think once we started realizing like those kind of games got bigger, that's when we started seeing more people treat this in a more serious tone. And I mean, we've got some great games from that kind of tone. Yeah. I'm curious how that ending hit you. That that struggle up that mountain. It, still, it was yeah. interesting. I, I was really surprised how they really made it feel like like it was really heavy, you know. It it didn't hit me as like super emotionally, but I was like, whoa, like this is it really had a meaning and it made you really feel like the character in it. Like I was, I was surprised. I did, I wasn't expecting that from the game, honestly, yeah. but I, I really liked it. I'm, I'm glad I finally checked it out. Yeah, I'm happy that you actually had the time to play it. Cause it, to me, it's one of those that like when I first played it, I was like, wow, that was great. That was really fun, really enjoyable. But now that I've like looked back on it further and further, right over the years and I, I keep remembering it, and I've actually like written, you know, papers on it, right? Like, and really like dissecting that title. It's like you said, it, it's that game that probably I would say like, you know, started this whole like renaissance era of like this new style of games. And I like the, that phrase that you said, the let it breathe kind of game, right? I, yeah. I think that's such a good term for some of these newer like indie style games and that's so perfect for like a game like journey where it doesn't just spoon feed you the story and the lore of the world right like it it gives you situations you can go and find out what happened in the world but it feels more real that way right like if you're just dropped Mm -hmm. into an area you're not gonna like get tool tips coming up where it's like oh, there was a great battle here and, you know, like everything got destroyed by the people before you and, right, like you don't get that background. But like, yeah. you learn it by exploring and growing not only as a player but as a person, right? Like you learn about the world around you by experiencing the world. And I think that's that's such a perfect term. Oh, I love that. Like let it breathe games. Like that's so good. I really, really like that. It's... I I thought about that because, I mean, I don't want to sound like a hipster, but I really enjoy, like, foreign films. Oh, yeah. And the thing that's different with foreign films is they let scenes breathe, right? Or even, like, David Lynch kind of shows and movies. It's They always let scenes breathe. Inger Bergman, a lot of just foreign films in general do that, where they just let a scene sit there 
to make you think about either what's happening or to get lost in the scenery. And I used to, like, I realized like, oh, it's making me more in touch with what I'm watching. It makes me more feel like I'm there. So when I played Journey, I was like, oh my God, it's doing the same thing. It's, it makes you really feel connected. And like you said, you don't have to have this lore thrown at your face. Like you explore it on your own and you get the actual feeling like, wow, there was a civilization here at one point and now it's not. Like it's, it was more meaningful that way. And I mean, a lot of games have tried to do things like that and didn't really pull it off that well, but it's, it's still a move in the right direction. And I always enjoy when games have that little breathing room Mm -hmm. for scenes. Yeah, I agree. Not just all action in your face. Like I don't need a Michael Bay film for a game, like just explosions everywhere all the time. You know, was that one game like bullet storm or whatever the hell it was? Oh God. Bullet storm. It's a great game, but Oh my gosh, is that exhausting? (laughs) But yeah, yeah, those are games like, you definitely need time to dissect what is going on around you, right? Like, it, I feel like that's mm-hmm. so important. But, I mean, that's mainly important if you're trying to tell a story or convey a message, right? Like, yeah, sure, you can have yeah. a game out there like Bulletstorm where it's just like, go, go, go. Like, just, or um, no time to explain, right? Where it just, you jump mm-hmm. into the action and it's like, oh, shit, like, what's going on? Don't worry about it, go, right? But that's a different vibe that you're trying to set up. And that's just a different genre. Just like we have various different genres of movies, of art, of novels, all of that. That's just a different type of genre, different type of game. So it's, yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, I, I'm going to remember that that phrase for a while now. So thank you for doing, sharing that because that's awesome. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, I feel like I've gotten really picky with my games lately in regards to story. Like after playing Nier and then going to Metopia, I was like, oh, this is a lot more simple. And then jumping the journey right after, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, like it was that same sensation I got from Nier, just differently. And I was like, wow, like, okay, like it's it's cool when you like stumble upon a game with a more I don't want to say serious tone, but more, more ambitious, I guess you could say. It's nice. I, I'm really starting to enjoy these kind of games a lot more. Well, we've definitely have touched on a lot of the different ways that gaming culture has evolved over the years. And it, I'm just, I think I speak for both of us when we say we're very excited to see how much further this medium is going to go and continue to grow in the near future. And I mean, we're along for the ride, right? And you know, just see what happens after all that. But we just want to say thank you very much once again for listening this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And before we sign off here, I just want to touch bases again and let you guys know that our Patreon is live. It is updated. And if you really enjoy what you hear and you want to help support us even more, Go ahead and click the links in the show notes so that you can navigate your way to the Patreon page. Or if you want, it's just patreon.com slash glitchcube uh, to find us and show a little bit of love and support our way so we can continue making content for you and make even more content in the future. And who knows, maybe we'll even have some new shows and things out there for you guys to enjoy and watch and listen. All the above. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So yeah, thank you guys once again. That's going to do it for us. And uh, bye. Bye.